Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that only speaks in the breaking. We, right, we're not going to speak at all when anyone in the world is accelerating. I only want to speak when Max Verstappen is braking. I want to put him off the little shit. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will get disqualified because we're all too thin. You are looking thin, Ollie. I'm not. I've just eaten a massive fucking chicken tikka. Do you know, tonight I've had beans on toast and cheese on toast. <laughs> so actually, we're both fat. Fat as any, I'm the fattest I've ever been. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that always gets its white lines. What? That is a joke about cocaine. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. A drugs joke. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that finally scores a point because other people got disqualified. <laughs> the best chance of us to get back on those iTunes charts is to make some serious allegations about other podcasts. <laughs> yes. Hit report. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Ollie Peart and I'm wearing a Stetson. Why, you ask? Because I'm here using technology to bring my voice into your ears to talk about the USGP in Texas at the Circuit of the Americas. That was alright, which is a bit cheeky really, seeing as though this year there are six races in the Americas. So why are you so special? <laughs> Just because you paid for a giant flag? We will discuss sprint races, driver rumours, and of course, fucking planks of wood. That's all to come. Now, we recorded the whole podcast with Phil, but it transpired that the chair he was sat on was two millimetres too thin, and he was disqualified. So joining me is a man who is ill. It's Terry Saunders. I've got a cold. Oh, okay. And do you know what? Mm. Post-pandemic, colds just aren't what they used to be. (laughs) No one gives a shit anymore. No, that's true. Because everyone says, oh, have you got COVID? Have you got COVID? And you say, no, I've had a test. It's not COVID. And they're like, oh, shut the fuck up then. Do you remember back in 2019, if you had a cold, you'd get at least a bit of, oh, you're right. Yeah, none anyway, of that. I'm a bit then. snotty. Yeah, but most people don't. Well, a lot of people no. I know, they go, no, it's not COVID. And I'd be like, well, have you taken a test? Nah, just no, it's not. You don't know. You haven't taken a test. What are you doing? And then even if you do test positive, no one cares anymore. I actually got a... Um, flashback to the pandemic this week because mm. i was eating some food and i couldn't taste it and i was suddenly like oh shit is that still and the thing is with covid you've got to kind of keep abreast of what the symptoms are these days because i don't mm. even know if losing your taste or smell is still a symptom yeah was it prep but i remember during well i remember during the pandemic i made a meal i was sitting on my own in the flat i made a meal i sat down to taste it couldn't taste anything really freaked mm. out because it was right at the start when it was like really scary you know you know, yeah, i don't yeah. want to get this and then I went into the kitchen because I was panicking. And I opened like a jar of nutmeg and I just like sniffed it deep because I was just like, fuck, I can't take, I can't smell anything. And then I could really smell the nutmeg. And anyway, it turns out I'd cooked a really bland meal. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you, just, you didn't have COVID. I just cooked without any taste. And you snorted some nutmeg. <laughs> just can't cook. Oh, yeah. God. What a night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, it turns out I'm fine. I'm just a shit cook. And then I was shitting nutmeg. Anyway, Ollie, what have you been up to? Uh, should we, so, hang on, should we explain that Phil's on holiday? Or uh, dead? Yeah, yeah, he's not dead. He's on holiday. So it makes the whole sort of rhythm of this uh, quite difficult. So let's just say he's on holiday. Where is he? I think he told us last week, and I can't remember. I was about to ask. Uh, but in typical Phil fashion, he's just replied to our text saying, why do you want a voice note about the hotel? 
Oh, yeah, because I want to hear about funny, his hotel. Because it's funny, Phil. Yes, I want to hear about his hotel. I, 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 he, he did send a message saying Obrigado. What, what country is that? Is that Portugal? Or That's Japan, isn't it? <laughs> That's Mushy Mushy. What's, no, what's... Um... <laughs> no, no, Ollie, they've got more than one word in Japanese. <laughs> oh, I'm fluent. <laughs> mushy Mushy. The rest of it is just squiggles. <laughs> what's thank you in Japanese? I don't know. He's not in Japan. Konnichiwa. He's he's on a, he's on a half term holiday. Bro. He's gone away in half term. I mean, come on, what's wrong with him? He's probably having a dreadful time. Let's hope so. Just drinking some slightly warm foreign lager that's really gassy. So he's just going to fart loads. Have a great yeah. time, Phil. Well, you know the the Japanese have a word for that. <laughs> moshi 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 moshi. Um, what have I been up to? Anyway, Ollie, what, what have you been up to? Ollie? I also realised. Okay, so yes. for listeners, we, we, we don't normally have just the two of us doing a podcast. No. And it's only in these moments that I realise just quite how much I normally zone out and just wait for Phil to say something and then I'll be like, oh shit, yeah, I'm doing yeah. a podcast. I am like, this is hard. This is like half for me to concentrate. He is quite an integral part of, of it, isn't he? Because I feel like he should be chipping in about now so I can have a sip of my coffee, but he... He isn't I know. Here. I've got a bottle of drink here. I don't think I can have it. No. Anyway, well, we'll, we'll muddle through. We'll, carry uh, well, I'll tell you, my dog's dying. There you go. That's what I've been up to. Uh, been trying to sort of like deal with that situation. It's horrible, isn't it? Have you ever had a pet that's died? Had, I've had. I've had a pet that died. I've had several pets. That have, all my basically all my pets have died. I've outlived <laughs> all of them apart from my current one. Oh. Because animals don't tend to live that long in the grand scheme of things. I've, I've, I've had. I mean, how long you had this dog for? Fourteen years. It's a long time. So, hang on. How old were you when you had him? Oh my god. Well, what am I? I'm thir- I'm thirty, almost thirty-eight now. So what's that? Oh, come on, you do it. Twenty. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. I was twenty-four. Buying a dog at twenty-four is irresponsible, isn't it? I think I didn't fully know. I was just going to say. I mean. <laughs> Because it was unlikely that you were gonna that the dog was gonna outlive you, so this day was gonna come. Yes. So really, you wrote that check twenty fourteen years ago, and now it's come home to roost. I d- yeah. Chickens, incidentally, don't live very long at all. No, uh, oh, yeah, no, chickens just die. Maybe get a get pet turtle. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if other dog owners have this, but I. I. I mean, he's still alive and he's still fine. But basically, on Friday, I got told by the vet, look, he's gonna you know, die because he's got cancer and he, do- he doesn't have all that long left. And he's fine. It's quite sad. Um, but you do start to sort of run around in your head. You're kind of just like, well, do I get another dog? And then immediately feel guilty for even thinking that. So all I really want to do is feed him steak and chips just until yeah. he can't go on anymore. Yeah, just make him go have a heart attack first. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually got a heart problem, so that would probably happen quite oh, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I had a cat called Buddy who used to be on my old podcast because he'd always jump on the desk and he died. He had AIDS. So, you know, that was always going to happen. And it took me a few years to get another pet. And then when I got my current cat, just one day I I just had the thought of, I want a new cat. And then I got a new cat. And then all your memories from your other cat vanish. All the grief and the sorrow. The worst thing is my current cat looks a lot like my old cat. Which can be good and also be a bit of a head fuck. Yeah. Well, that felt therapeutic. Where do you say this? Because I was, I was just on my computer procrastinating whilst trying to write the script for this. So I opened up the Apple Photos app, and now Apple can recognise animals. Do you know that on the new version of everything? Well, I don't have an Apple phone. So you so know when you get, 
Oh, on the on the computer as well. But like, it will kind of say, "Is this all the same animal?" And it's all the pictures of this one animal. So I was looking at my old cat, but it was freaking me out because it looks a lot like my new cat. So you know, that was weird. But that was I was just doing that like an hour ago. So weird. So creepy. So creepy. But it is sad. Anyway, I feel better now having spoken to you about it. Uh, Here comes listener's corner, which is delineated by white lines and the risk of a five-second penalty. Tim Renler says, you guys are a shining example of why being efficient is overrated. Asking listeners corner for feedback straight after a race is as useful as a chocolate teapot. Ask us for it in 10 years when Hamilton takes F1 to court over his disqualification from this race, citing that it cost him the 2021 World Championship. I recommend you go back to asking for feedback an hour before recording. This is the standard we have come to expect, and the chances of us all knowing the final result increases. Never change. Tristan Clayton says, never mind Andretti, F1 has had an 11th team all season and nobody noticed. From the team that bought us the all-conquering first name, last name, we have Medical Car 1, currently on two points, and above Logan Sargent in the Drivers' Championship. Safety Car 2 is a bit shit, though, and will probably be in an IndyCar next year, ousting Roman Grosjean. Do you know so did me- you see this? Oh, sorry, go on, yeah. Oh, no, because I, I think I've written this in a way that Phil doesn't normally write it. Because okay. Phil normally puts breaks in. Between. Oh, Honestly, shit. we're lost without him. We're lost. We're lost, Phil. We've spun off. Let's get back on the track. It's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. Did you see this? The thing with the, 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 the picture with the list. The, the, oh, God, I can't even. Phil, <laughs> did you see this? It was, a, it was a picture of, you know, where they have all the championship results down the side of the screen. Mm, yeah. And then halfway down, between above Logan Sargent, it said uh, medical car one with two points. <laughs> That's amazing. Who's controlling that? And of all the errors, of all the errors, because it, it made me think, now, because I do work in television and I know a lot about graphics, it did make me think that, that means that they must have, I reckon it must be a thing with the GPS of all the cars. They must have them in the same system that they use for scoring, but they obviously don't put the scores on for the medical car. Mm. And this is the kind of fuck-up that shouldn't be able to happen. And then later on, there'll be a, meet- there'll be a meeting in Biggin Hill today where someone's like, how the fuck did that happen? And some guy's going, well, it shouldn't have been able to happen. And there'll be someone going, well, it did fucking happen. Oh, I'd love anyway, to be a fly on that wall. Don't, because then the fly will be in the championship. <laughs> how is this fly? <laughs> this fly's ahead of Perez. He's <laughs> got 10 points. Um, Dixon Cox says, so many people booing Greg Abbott on the podium. Somebody should stand up for him. I thought Greg Abbott was the Australian Prime Minister. I thought he was a comedian from the 90s, but that's Russ Abbott, and I don't know who Greg, Greg Abbott is. Troops. <laughs> should we find out who Greg Abbott is? <laughs> yeah, who's Greg, Greg Abbott? Should we know? He's an American politician, and he's the 48th governor of Texas. Oh, boo! Boo! Yeah, anyone in politics, just boo but, them. Anyway, they weren't booing him, they were booing Max Verstappen. Oh, oh well, that's... Or that's both, because yeah. they're both in favour of the death penalty. Or they're against abortion, or something, I don't know. Matt Gamblin says, Oh, we might be forgetting the fact that this is the closest season we've had in decades. McLaren rumping AM. What's AM? Um, Morning. <laughs> McLaren being seconds from all front runners. 24 bodes well. We need Phil. <laughs> Do you know, I have... Okay. Go right, on. listeners, I'm really sorry. But this is this is a really important lesson. In If you ever wonder, what does Phil do at the podcast? 
it's not just his insight into motoring journalism and the world of once being a go-karter in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of the work on the script. And to be honest, I think, yeah, it's easy. Anyone could do it. But turns out it's quite yeah. hard. <laughs> you, it is quite difficult. You just turn up with your shiny jacket and look all lovely. And now, you know. I turn up with my shiny jacket. I write the state of F1 yeah. and do the standings, which is hard, to be fair. But the rest of it. Patrick Brennan says, good race. We even got to see America's very own driver, Logan Sargent, overtake Magnussen, driving for America's very own team, Haas, for 17th place in the race. Sprints don't work on tracks with more than 10 corners. Race race was fucking decent. Not exciting, but enthralling. Also, can't wait for Max's fans to FO to whatever sport they supported before. Egg racing or spoon banging or some shit. Hang on. Egg racing or spoon bang? Egg on spoon racing is yeah. a thing. You don't have egg racing no, or you, spoon banging. No, you play the spoons and you do an egg and spoon race. But not competitively. I don't think anyone's competitively playing the spoons, are they? Terry, do you know what I saw on the internet yeah. the other day? <laughs> so, I, don't want to, I don't want to know. I saw two adult men. Uh, to an audience, assuming... Oh, I think I saw the same video. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But they were competing on like a, on a, on a geo challenge, right? So, so they had to, they had a photograph, like a street view photograph, and they had to guess where they were in the world. And there were people watching it, and they were competing to see who could guess it the fastest. So I don't know why I was talking about that, but I guess people could I've, watch egg racing. I've seen this, and I don't... Do you, do, I don't find it impressive. What? What? Why? Like, it's old, obviously it's impressive <laughs> that they can use Street View to find out where a place is in the world. Yeah. But it's almost so impressive, it goes round the back, and I'm just like, well, fuck off. I don't care. C- clearly you've worked out how to do it. Go and work for the CIA or something. This is just, <laughs> just don't, oh, what's the point? What's the fucking point of fucking anything anymore? God, he's angry already. We're only a few minutes in. In other news... <laughs> I'm not well. <laughs> in other news, it's International Plank Appreciation Day today, with news breaking last night that both Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc were disqualified from the race after wearing too much of their plank away. What does this mean? It means... Well, well the weird thing about it, and I've, I've had to check this is true, so after every race, mm-hmm. randomly some cars are checked for illegalities, you know... Is have they put an extra wheel on? Have they painted it an illegal colour? Is there any political slogans or whatever it is? And one of the things they check is the plank of wood underneath the car. If it's worn too much away, the car is instantly disqualified. Right? Fair enough. Slam dunk. That's what's happened. Charlie Clerk, Lewis Hamilton, both disqualified. Absolute bang to rights. I have no complaint over this. Okay. But then it turns out. The the reason that their plank was worn away is because it was a weird sprint weekend and there wasn't much setup time and then you had like an hour of practice and so they didn't quite get their setups right. And you think, okay, well, fair enough, but only two of you got it wrong, so you deserve to be disqualified. It then transpires that they checked only four cars randomly at the end of the race, two of which were illegal. And then they went, should we check the rest of the cars? Nah, that's, that's like too much fucking effort, isn't it? <laughs> So there's a high chance that a lot of the other cars also had skinny planks, but we're not going to know because now they've all gone back to the garages and they've added some polyfiller or whatever they do. So uh, it just feels like a stupid 
this outcome at the American Grand Prix as well. Because you remember 2005 with the Indianapolis Grand Prix where only six cars started because the tyres were dodgy. Mm. And then it took like 15, 20 years for like Formula 1 to get back into America because Americans rightly went, well, this is shit. And then <laughs> we come back to America. We have this year where there's three American Grand Prix and then one of them we go, oh, we're just going to disqualify Lewis Hamilton because why? What did you do wrong? Oh, there's like a little bit of wood off the bottom of his car. What? <laughs> it, it is so. It is so weird, and it's such like a, 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 a. I don't know. It's a primitive way of doing things as well. Like, what? Surely, with the number of sensors and all this, all the, all the other. I'm gonna sound like a dad. The other gizmos that they have on an F1 car. You would have thought it, it could just like beep or something if it wears away too much, and they're like, oh yeah, well he's he's disqualified then. He's gone. Beep. Yeah. Oh, it's done. Why do you need a plank of wood? What do they do? What, lift it up and have a look? Ooh, that looks a bit thin. They lift it up and they have a look? Yeah. That's exactly what they do. It is actually mental. I, I, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It is. It is. We should fix it. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or email us wrong at ff1s.com where you can also leave us a team review. Uh, just email a voice note to wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer and support the making of this podcast? That's what these fine people have done for us since the last episode. They are Gabriel Rossenkotter, Jade Estabillo, Jason R. Bradley, Thanks. David Findlay, Bryce Davis, Thanks. Andrew Cunningham, Thanks. Jenny and Ralph Thanks. Brynard. Thanks. Join them. Thanks. Join them all. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. <laughs> Well, with Phil on holiday, who could we call up to replace the only informed member of the team? Why, how about one of our own team correspondents? So please, a round of applause for our most consistent contributor this season. Someone who knows how to email a voice note. It's Dawn Janacek. <laughs> Yay. So I've realised that when there's two of us <laughs> applauding, it so sounds sinister. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we need some kind of sound oh, effect of hey, rapturous Dawn, um, applause. There we go. <laughs> Thank you so much for stepping in. Uh, most importantly, because you were at the Grand Prix this weekend, uh, can mm -hmm. you just tell us how it was and what you've been up to? Um, it was quite hot. Um, that's one thing we do here in Texas. <laughs> we do hot. Um, mm. But it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, we have to wear large, all-encompassing coveralls that make it hotter. And then we put a helmet on and that's hotter. And um, we drink a lot of water. We drink a lot of water and watch cars go by really, really quickly. So wait, so you were, you were doing something specific there because I, they don't make everyone wear coveralls and helmets, do they? No. But uh, you just turn up to watch the race. No, no I watch it very closely. Uh, I am called an intervention marshal. Uh, we are the people that are usually in the big jumpsuits at the edge of the track waiting for somebody to go boom. When they go boom, we clean up all the bits. Uh, if the car is the bits, we pick that up as well. Oh God! So does that mean to? It, so one, did anything happen on your watch this weekend? Did you have to clear up any bits? Uh, we did uh, quite a few times. None of them were actually the F1 drivers. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but there are a lot of other races that happened on these F1 days uh, or F1 weekends. So um, we had to pick up uh, one of three of the girls in the F1 academy. They had a bit of a, a, a combination mess uh, on turn one alpha where I work. 
And there was also one in the other class, um, which was kind of uh, vintage, you know, F3 cars, I think. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds, that, that sounds worse because people have put a lot of love and care into those vintage cars. Yeah, you feel very bad for them. Yeah. But then what's... Do you have to... I mean, do you, do you need trading for this? Or can anyone just rock up and clean up bits of car? Um, yes, you do need... Uh, well, you need experience. I, I think it's training is kind of an on-the-job situation. We watch a few videos for specifics um, for that location or things like that. But I've been doing this for about five years. Um, in different things. I do uh, race control for MotoGP. Um, and Ooh. I do uh, trackside support at Circuit of the Americas is uh, a part-time job for me. I just love the cars. Thing is, thing is though, right? I see you you're you qualified to be on this podcast. <laughs> you are a little bit. But you, but you love the cars, you love the racing, but you're on one corner. So you, that's it. That's all you see, right? So you don't see the rest of the race. Yeah, there, there's, there's definitely a downside it. to it. Oh yeah, because when I um, when we get off, the, the minute the race is over, we have to basically run for it because they do this ridiculous thing called the fan invasion, where they let all the fans get on the track, and that leaves us in a very frightening <laughs> position where a hundred thousand people are coming at you. <laughs> so we're running to try to get on buses and get the heck out of Dodge. Um, but as soon as I get home, uh, actually this morning, um, once I was finally rested, um, I watched the race online because. Honestly, when we leave, sometimes we don't even know who's won. That's and is mad. there? Is there? So you mm-hmm. you've got to clean up the bits. So let's say, yeah. hypothetically, an F one driver crashed at lap one at this race, uh-huh. and you had to clear up the mess. Is there a protocol for when you're allowed to go in? Because like, yeah. surely, if there's medical stuff, you you don't want to be like going. Excuse me, can I just pick this up? You know, <laughs> that's going to take. Actually, they do have that worked out pretty well. Um, I'm going to, if any of my cohorts hear this, they're going to be kind of aggravated at me. But you, you go, there's four places. It's ready, go, and I don't remember the other two. I'm a terrible person um, because I don't have the mic this weekend. I didn't have that particular, I didn't have that job. So I just had to worry about ready and go. I didn't have to really worry about the others. Um, so what happens is we all stage, you know, when something goes boom, they're at whatever area they are behind the tech pro or the armco. And those are the two layers of protection behind the in front of the catch fence. So we go up there as quickly as we possibly can, but we're always one barrier between the accident and safety, right? So we stage there and we wait for race control to tell us you can go because they know where the rest of the cars on the track are. They know if it's been yellow, if there's a, if there's a virtual safety car or a real safety car, but they make sure that we are going to be safe before we go out to the, to the problem. So uh, when they yell go, we jump the armco, we try not to fall on our faces and look like idiots on global TV, and we make a mad dash for the accident. Uh, and my job, at least one of the races, was actually uh, we go up to the driver and you just thumb up, thumb down until the guy reacts. In my case, it was a girl for F1 Academy and make sure she's okay and lucid. Um, and then we do the best we can to get them out of the car and to safety first. And then we get the car out of the way so racing can continue as quickly as possible. It's not like this podcast to do this, but I think we ought to probably say thank you very much. You know, because come on. I mean, if if they didn't do that, they didn't do that, Terry. Come on. We wouldn't we wouldn't have any racing, would we? So, you know, thank you. I'm going to do another another one of these. (laughs) Oh, thank you. No, seriously. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Me not joining in. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So my, 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 final question, my final question was two part. One, do you get paid for this? Nope. Nope. That's terrible. And you should all get paid because yeah, you're all risking life and limb to look after racing drivers. Yeah. I live close by, and so secondly, I come home, but they pay for their own hotels and everything. Oh my god, that's terrible! In Formula One, yeah. it's not that like they're not short of a bit of cash. They should Jesus. spend yeah. that money on fucking planks. Okay, and secondly, have you ever seen yourself on the telly? Um, actually, sort of, kind of, a little while ago, um, when I was watching the race for the first time from the whole the whole thing, and um, as they are, whenever the this particular race, whenever the cars come, you know, they go up one. Remember, one on ours is really high. And then they come back down that hill. As they come down that hill, on your left-hand side is a high lift. You know, the thing that pulls the cars up? There's one, oh, yeah. there's one marshal underneath that high lift. That's me. So, like, a lot of the laps <laughs> oh. you'll see. And, and I'm that little blue smudge with the white helmet. So, that's my, that was my almost oh, 15 cool. minutes. <laughs> that is cool. Well, look, I mean, we're in serious danger uh, of, of sounding like we're knowing what we're talking about. So should we, uh, <laughs> should we head into the teams? We'll... Yes, absolutely. Let's, Let's start with Red Bull. Max Verstappen almost didn't win his race. He had brake issues. The Red Bull seemed to opt for a higher ride height, compromising his setup. And he was very, very grumpy, uh, chastising his race engineer every time he tried speaking to him. In the braking! But he still won. Perez finished fourth <laughs> after penalties. Did he get lucky or what? Well, I think that Max Verstappen shouldn't have won that race just because I'm bored. Yes, but, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so it turns out that one of the reasons the Red Bull wasn't very good was because of the plank issue that affected everybody. Is that The Red Bull is very, very close to the ground. Uh, I'm, I'm getting very technical here. <laughs> and they made it slightly less close to the ground than normal, which right. meant it wasn't as good. But I was reading an article on this. And sometimes I realise that even though I've followed Formula 1 for 30-odd years, I don't get it. Because I read that they changed the ride height by a millimetre, and that's enough to affect the handling of a car. And frankly, I just don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe that a change that small can make a difference. And yeah. I, know, I, I know that I'm wrong, but... It's the same part of me that when I think about how a plane gets in the air, I just don't, I just don't buy it. <laughs> they spend more money on these cars than those planes. Yeah. I, I'm, not sure you, I'm not sure you are wrong, because how are you ever going to fucking know? We're, you know? we're not going to be driving around an F1 car. Have you ever driven in a go-kart? I mean, if that was one millimetre higher or lower, it's not going to make a blind bit of fucking difference. I don't think it does either, Terry. I think you're right. I think they just... It's just a, a myth that they put out there to make us think it's more technically advanced than it actually is. But as you pointed out... It's got a fucking plank on the bottom of it. That, I can't believe that. I was so shocked. And several of my friends were like, of course it's this, it's, it's, it's a thing. And da, da, da. I'm like, that sounds like bollocks. It absolutely does. I don't get it. There shouldn't be wood. Exactly. It's <laughs> the, well, that's the slogan of this podcast. But, like, um, but it does feel stupid. I don't know. I just, sometimes, I love Formula One, but sometimes I think they just spend too much money on things that are a millimeter big and what's the point do you like you don't ever go into <laughs> b&q or home depot in america i guess and say oh can i have a millimeter of wood please no but unless you're doing you, veneer then actually you would wouldn't you yeah there, there isn't there isn't another area of life where 
actually people are like that and it's like um like really nerdy uh, hikers or um climbers because they will only carry like they will look how much their little portable stove is to the gram right so if it's like 50 grams they're and, and not I don't know what I'm trying to say. Point is, they're fucking camping nerds. That's what they are. That's what F1 people are. It's the same thing. They're just trying to, you know, just do it for no reason whatsoever. But it'll make a blind, no no difference whatsoever. If you're climbing up a mountain, a gram is not going to make any difference. I bet some scientist is going to be like, oh, actually, it will. It will make it. No, it won't. It won't. Well, if you, if you take a gram of a mountain, you will get there quicker. <laughs> <laughs> that, was drunk, that was a drunk joke. Oh, that's uh. another drug joke. That's two in an episode. McLaren. Lando Norris says that McLaren's best chance of a 2023 win is behind them. Presumably, he means the sprint race that Piastri won. Lando led the race early doors, but soon shuffled into a natural order behind the Mercedes. Piastri had a clash with Ocon on the first lap that ultimately scuppered his chances. Was he at fault? So did you see the crash, Jordan? Did did you see the start where you were? Could you not see? Oh, because you're behind the hill. So they're all down the hill. Yeah, when, is that when they scary? when they go, it is. Uh, I I spend that whole time like with one shoulder kind of at the gate, ready to run. You know, because oh, I God. mean, if they come at me, <laughs> you got to get out of there, and I have to get around the high lift. So, I I am prepping to evacuate quickly. You're not behind something. Ooh, I'm behind a bit of catch fence and a bit of right. armco. But okay. uh, we've seen like Joe and stuff like that that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Flip the thing. They, yeah, they'll okay. throw stuff through the. Yeah. They'll throw it straight through the fence. So. Ugh. But. Yeah. Always yeah. ready to run. I I thought Lando Norris did very well. He was leading the race for a bit, but then he just kind of. It was a bit of a. It's one of those races where the kind of natural order just came in, didn't it? It was. It was exciting at first, and it was like it was like shaking oil and water, and then you wait a bit, and everything settled back down again, and that, the McLaren kind of found its pace. Piastri, however. I think he was a bit cheeky at the at the start, and I think Ocon was right to be a bit pissed off. But then, because afterwards, Piastri was like, oh, I made a mistake, and blah, blah, blah. It happens in racing, and apparently Ocon just kind of went, didn't say anything. Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he said fuck that guy. I am heavily implying he thought fuck that guy. He may well have done. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's what they do after the race. It's not up to me, is it? But, um... I think it's amazing that the McLaren finished second and they're disappointed when you remember at the start of the year that McLaren almost wrote off the year. Do you remember at the start of the year, McLaren said, we've made a shit car, but don't worry, because in a few races, you know, by halfway through the year, we'll have a good car. And everyone went, sorry, McLaren, that's not how Formula One works. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to upgrade your car that well during the season. If you start with a shit car, you've got a shit car. And now we're at the end of the season and they finish second and they're pissed off about it. It's a, it's a little overzealous after being midfield contenders for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm happy with McLaren being back up there. I've got a soft spot for McLaren. I love McLaren. Well done, McLaren. Ferrari. Charles Leclerc's disqualification was probably the best way to end his tepid race, starting on pole and then being left out for so long uh, that it felt as if Ferrari strategists had actually forgotten about him. Maybe a post-it note with his name had fallen on the floor. Signs merrily chugged along and got promoted to an unexpected podium. The question is, strategy A or strategy C? 
I fucking love this whole. When they give, when, on the radio, they kind of go, "Do you want strategy A, B, C, D, or E?" And like, just what I, I can't remember. I'm trying to drive a fucking car. Max Verstappen saying, "Don't talk to me in the braking zone." Whereas Ferrari are reading from a fucking ring binder saying, "Can you please turn to page forty-seven of our strategy guide?" I think it's all a, a mind game. It's a mind game for the other teams half the time. I don't even think they. It, it's even valid. It's just malarkey that they're putting on the thing to scare the other teams, that to insinuate that they actually have a plan. Yes, but, but, but then the other the <laughs> but, other teams immediately know that it's complete bollocks and there is no plan. And if you, exactly as you say, if you were a driver and you're like, how many plans have I got memorized? Yeah, okay, we've got up to strategy F. Fucking hell. Okay, what's? do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to be sat in a car driving at 200 miles an hour and have to re- memorize this kind of stuff. Just tell me, what do I need to do? I think they'd just love- be more direct. I love the idea of Ferrari in the race thinking, yep, we got one over on the opposition there. They thought we had four strategies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they can screw it up in two strategies or less, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, that whole thing with Leclerc being left out, it was just... Because, again, this has been my recurring feature of this year, is imagining how I would be doing any of these jobs. And, Dawn, for instance, doing your job, I would be shit at. I- I'm very happy to state that i would be totally shit at your job i i, I would re- i would run away at the slightest <laughs> sign of an f1 car being near 100 feet of me and i think if i've had this happen before someone fainted in front of me at a festival oh gosh and everyone kind of gathered around to try and help and i just kind of went oh fuck someone's fainted i better stand back and i think that's the kind of marshal i'd be i'd be there going oh shit there's an accident Whew, i better not get in the way <laughs> yeah but I also that, think if I was terrible the, attitude to have, though, that's actually that, can be very helpful. Well, there you go. In there some you way. go. I will. Yeah. I Surely will not as a marshal, though. Surely as a no, marshal, you're cases, like, muck in. Come on. No, actually, sometimes we need someone who stands back a bit and looks for oncoming traffic. Like while we oh, do I'd our job, you too. stare. You stare the other direction. Oh, I'm trying, man. I'm really trying here. Come on, work with no, me. No, I would see oncoming traffic, <laughs> and then I would see the oncoming traffic, and I'd be like, I feel I should probably say something, but I'll just. Watch. <laughs> Should I should I say something now? Yeah. yeah. Is there enough traffic for me to blow the whistle? I don't want to. I mean, I just I don't want to walk away from this and people think that I was like overzealous. <laughs> that would be the worst. But no, if I was, but no, if no wait, wait if I was if in the Ferrari the strategy, I think I would be the guy that would just be like they'd be like, you're dealing with Charlie Clerk, aren't you? And I'd be like, oh fuck, I knew there was something I had to do. <laughs> box, box, box. <laughs> Mercedes. The curse of FF1S has struck again, just as we confidently predicted that Lewis Hamilton was past it. He went ahead and put in a blistering drive and nearly won the race and then got disqualified, proving we might have been right after all. Uh, Mercedes effed up their strategy uh, in a slight Ferrari style and then did a slow pit stop, which meant that really Lewis could have won the race uh, aside from his skinny plank. Should he have won? I mean, yes. It would have made things fun. He should have, I mean, this was always the Mercedes problem. If you remember in the Hamilton-Rosberg era, they would often make silly little strategy errors, but they were so far ahead because of their engine advantage that they would still win the race. And I think this was just a team being sloppy. So, yes, they got disqualified because of the plank, but regardless of that, the team fucked up today, yesterday. The team, and they're fucking up today. But yesterday, they fucked up, (laughs) and he should have won the race, and it wasn't his fault. And it... It's weird because 
there's like a kind of meme of Lewis Hamilton being like he's whining. Even I was on Twitter joking about, oh, he's going to moan about his tires soon, and he changes tires, and he's like, oh, why'd you pick me now? But at the same time, he's one of the best drivers in the world, and they gave him too much to do, and he nearly did it, but he didn't. What about George? I, 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 oh yeah, he was in the race too, wasn't he? No. <laughs> what about George? Let's talk about George because you know how much I hate George. Um, he was shit this weekend. Apparently, he doesn't like this track. But oh. that shouldn't be an excuse, should it? Oh, diddums. But at the same time, I think, I think this year's been really interesting for Mercedes because Lewis Hamilton. I just get the feeling he's not been trying that hard because he can't win, which is not the attitude you should have. Kids, if you're listening, you should always try hard because look at Alonso. But I think <laughs> give the give Hamilton a sniff. He's got like another twenty percent in his pocket, whereas George has been at one hundred and five percent all year. And Lewis is just. Eff- I feel like there's a tail. It's not a hair in the tortoise, but let's say it is. But George Russell's been going full pelt all year, and now right at the end, Lewis Hamilton has woken up. And he's won the yeah. race. That's how that story went, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never really bought into the Russell hoopla. I never I never really thought he was going places. When they brought him in, I was kind of surprised by it. Yeah, and I, he's very unlikable. Yeah. You really, yeah, yeah, you really don't like him not properly. Look, you, you make that sound <laughs> as if I'm in the wrong, but I'm right. He's very unlikable. <laughs> no, I mean, look... It, it's 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 fine. I think it's okay to have those uh, those feelings towards George Russell. I totally understand it, particularly the way that he kind of just just presents himself generally. Nothing else to say on Mercedes? Anything you want to add? No, I'm good. No. Dawn. No, nothing sticks out about them. Nothing caught my fancy with them this weekend at all. They didn't do anything particularly fun. Uh, Lewis did the best that he could given the circumstances. I think that they didn't take care of him as well as they could. Like. You were saying that he could have won if he had the support at the right time, but I don't believe that they supported him in the way that they needed to, and I just don't care about Russell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, the, the smile, the smile on Terry's face. He's delighted. He's spreading the <laughs> hatred like a virus <laughs> around around the world from here to Texas. The hatred for Look, Russell. I haven't. Expanded. I haven't hated a driver. <laughs> As much as I hate George Russell since the Jody and Palmer days, like right. and I miss those days. It was it's really nice to have a driver you just hate. But the problem with Jody and Palmer was more inept than George Russell. So what we mm. want is George yeah. Russell to really have a kind of break in confidence, so he starts making more mistakes, and that's all I can hope for. Alpine, yeah. Gasly did an absolutely <laughs> stellar drive in front of the teams, and his new owner Anthony Joshua. And Ocon pranked with Piastri on the first lap to disappoint the boxer. Should Ocon. Should Ocon have been finishing in the points too? They were a weird one this weekend because mm. in the first practice they were shit and in the sprint they were not great. And then suddenly they just, they were good. And I think by the sounds of it, the team were as surprised as anyone else. They were just there going, you know, we were, we were packing up to go home early. Um, Anthony Joshua was there and it was, did you hear that bit at the start on the radio when he comes over the radio to say, to both the drivers, hey, we're really big believers. Anthony Joshua here, we're big believers in you, and you go out there and smash it, or whatever he said, some bullshit. And it was so cringe. And I wasn't really, that sure who Anthony Joshua was either. I I certainly wasn't. So I, there's, a, there's a bit of the audience that may have had no clue what was going on, and I was kind of shocked. It's like, I automatically thought, what is the line that you get to be on air? 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like what, what is the line where you suddenly get to just be on the engineer's mic to, to the drivers when they might be busy? And again, call me cynical, but mm. I've worked in telly and this stuff doesn't just happen by chance, right? This isn't, it wasn't just like the person in charge of broadcasting the radio went, oh, the box is talking, let's put it on. Like, this had all been cleared in meetings beforehand. Yeah. And they were like, well, hi, we'd like to get Anthony Joshua to say something at the start of the race. And just the fucking arrogance. He's bought the team. He can go into any meeting. He can go into the, the, the debrief and be like, hey, guys, I'm Anthony Joshua. You may remember me from fighting people. And well done. I've bought this team with some other people and really would like it if you didn't waste my money. Thanks. Okay, so I just learned that part. Okay, now I get it. I didn't realize that he's the the one who got the team. Yeah, he's part of the consortium with Ryan Reynolds and all the rest of it. There's like 10 famous people. Shockingly, here in America, they just pushed the Reynolds part. They didn't push him. We don't know who he is. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I can't remember who the famous people are. But I think it's like a timeshare. I think they all just take it in turns to run the team throughout the year. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that the the the, the guy on the mic, um, I forgot who it was that was doing the uh, broadcast live of the of the race. When he he had that comment and he you know wished him luck and everything else, the guy pointed out that he'd been to two of his fights, neither of which he had won. Well, that's probably because just before the fight started, Esteban Ocon came on the radio and went, "Oh, I hope we don't get <laughs> concussion." <laughs> See, all of this is absolute news to me because I, I, I watched the highlights and I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't able to catch the race live. So, yeah. I did the highlights this time. I normally don't, but I had a meeting at, at 2 o'clock that I had to be at. Yeah. yeah. No, I, just, uh, I watched the race live because I had a cold and the race was on German time at 9pm on a Sunday, which is the best time for a race. It's like watching Antiques Roadshow or Bergerac. I watched it liver. Liver? <laughs> Picking on you. <laughs> I'm making up new words. I was liver than you. You were closer. I mean, you were watching it right up and close. Yeah, but only for one well, the corner. Next week, I'm going to be in. But I'm <laughs> one corner. Yeah, this the, one. As the cars move further away, I get closer. Um, but I'm excited because next week it's the Brazilian Grand Prix. No, the Mexican Grand Prix. Mexican, Mexican. And I'm going to be in Miami, which, which is, is near Mexico. <laughs> it's nearer Mexico than I'm, Germany. I'm, oh, that's true. I will say I'm closer to Mexico. Yes. But not for, to Miami. No, to Miami's pretty Mexi- far from here. No, hang on, you're right. No, it's Brazil. Oh, I don't know. I don't know my geography or when the races are. Anyway, you're either just, way, you're just gonna be nearer than Berlin. Yeah, that's. I'm that's just. Good. I'm just bragging that I'm going on fucking holiday. All right. I haven't Aston been on Martin. Holiday <laughs> Aston Martin. Oh well, fuck you. No, yeah, Aston Martin. Both Aston Martin started from the pit lane because the team had bought really shit cars to the race and their new updates were rubbish, meaning that our prediction for Alonso to lose his shit before the end of the year is looking more and more likely. They put Alonso in a car without the updates and gave Stroll a plate and told him to pretend that he was driving a car. And he did better than usual. Alonso retired because the car wasn't done up properly or something. And uh, what is going on with Aston Martin? I don't know. What well, I do know, they copied the Red Bull at the start of the year. And over the course of the year, Adrian Newey has just like been putting his arm around his notes <laughs> in meetings. And now they can't <laughs> copy anymore. Because now they're just going, oh, no, we've got a good base of a car. We can work out how to do an update. And everything they put on it is shit because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, it's quite embarrassing, really. It is a is shame because they did have a them? really good start to the season. They had a good start. They did have a good start. Is Stroll going to stay with the team? Well, this is the thing. No. Stroll is surely no. at the point now 
Well, well no, you say no, but Daddy, Daddy yeah, has no, money. Yeah, no, I know, um, but... Exactly. But I, I, don't, I, I don't feel like Baby Stroll wants to be there. I, don't, I think it's the most... He just I wants think. to sing. I mean, it's, it's just like he wants to do something else. I have a theory that Lance Stroll isn't actually Lawrence Stroll's son. And Lawrence Stroll is punishing him by making him be an F1 driver. <laughs> It's, I think it's just the standard he wanted to do better, and so he's forcing his kid to do it. I mean, well, you're, I or what you're insinuating, actually, Dawn, is that what, like, Stroll wanted a career in music and just wanted to see it. His dad's like, no, get in the F1 car, get in, drive now. And he just doesn't want it. He's like, no, Dad, I want to play the guitar and tour the world. No, because yeah. remember, Stroll broke his wrists at the start of this season. So now I'm wondering, was that him doing a protest, saying, I don't want to drive, I'm going to break my own wrists? Or was that his dad saying, you won't be a fucking guitarist with these fucking wrists? <laughs> drive a car. Oh, Smashed him with a hammer. You need the wrist for the car. So I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Maybe. I, I, can't, I can't hate Lance Stroll anymore. I don't know. I'm sorry I, to feel well, sorry for him. I really am. He's begrudgingly got my respect. Mm-hmm. Well, I think He's done he... really well in several races. He really did. Yeah. He just lost a lot of love in the last race. That was all because he was shoving people about and throwing around his his steering wheel and all that kind of stuff. And I think oh god, I forgot of, about that. Yeah, he's alright. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think beep. And I think uh, <laughs> yeah, people just sort of thought, oh, what an obnoxious little prick. You know, why should we support him? But I, I think you're right. I, I got nothing against him. He's kind of just having a bit of a rough time. That's all. I mean, I but. Maybe he will be back. If I like you say, Dad's in control. Dad controls the money, so why not? Yeah. He just looks so sad and broken. I feel bad for him. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Alpha Tauri. Daniel Ricciardo is back again, baby. Uh, and at least fans have the answer to the question: What does Ricciardo driving around at the back in 2023 look like? Sonoda got the fastest lap point and generally did pretty good. What's Ricciardo doing? He was racing around the track on a scooter this weekend. It was fun to watch. Was he really? Yeah, that's where all of his talent He should have went. got in his car, probably. I mean, he's probably faster on the scooter. I mean, in his own credit, though, in his own words, he did say he was feeling a bit um, rusty in race craft. But at the same time, we're seeing McLaren Ricardo again, it feels like. Like there was a moment on like the second race of his Alpha Tower before he broke his hand where it's like, Oh god, maybe he's back and now it's like I don't I I don't see it. And I kinda want I kinda want him to get better. But yeah. I don't think he's gonna get better. But there must be something that they've seen where they kinda think, Well he, or they're just accepting the fact that he's not quite as good as perhaps he could be. I don't think he's he's lost it altogether, has he? He's just like like he like he said he's he's just a bit rusty he hasn't been in the car as much this year as perhaps he would have liked to and maybe yeah. they're just teeing him up for next season and actually he'll come back with a vengeance and he'll be great because you, Do you know think he, he can really drive. broke his wrist as much as they said well it was a it was a hand he broke which feels right because I think but it was he really was holding... quick turnaround but at the same time because no because it was his because it was he was crashing yeah and it was. He didn't take his hand off the wheel, and that broke his hand. Which I don't know. A, a broken hand sounds worse to me than a wrist. And I'm not mm. a doctor. It's just for anyone listening, this is not yeah. medical advice. <laughs> but I think that a broken hand feels like it should take longer to heal than a broken wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I I, I couldn't really understand why he was back so quickly, and he seemed fine. I mean, 
I, I didn't get to see him, you know, holding the steering wheel there, but he was holding the scooter and just having a good old time. So it, there was no bandaging or anything like that. But that was, what, four weeks, maybe, turnaround? I think it was a bit long. I think it was maybe, I don't know. I think it's been three races. So I think it's been maybe yeah. eight, maybe six, six or eight weeks. Yeah. Do, I don't know. It's... The other thing about this, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about AlphaTauri. Um, we always, well, just sort of naturally veer towards Daniel Ricciardo and talking about him we never talk about Sonoda ever he's, he's done alright well Sonoda Sonoda got the fastest lap of the race that yeah that was amazing fastest lap and no one understands how <laughs> <laughs> even him even he yeah. said he got a heart attack when he was told he was got, he got it but yeah he um, he pitted at the end I mean Sonoda's done pretty good this year to be honest He's just kept quiet um, and just kind of done all right, hasn't he? He's just been like, yeah, and no, I'll just get on with it. He's been in the points he, a couple of times, which was kind of a surprise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's done well. But today, because he got promoted above because of the disqualifications, he um, he doubled Alpha Tari's year points to this week. Well, that sentence didn't make sense, did it? He got <laughs> more <laughs> points yesterday than Alpha Tari have got all season. Yes. <laughs> it kind of makes a mockery yeah, of what's the, the point. Lap, yeah. What's the fucking point in turning up for most of the year if you can just <laughs> do that in a race? I think next year we should enter a team and just say, right, we're just going to do the Brazilian Grand Prix. That's it. And you go in, <laughs> you come fifth, and you go, yeah, great. We've done better than you have all year, Hass. Fuck you. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, we just need a few million to make that happen. <laughs> Williams, Logan Sargent was a big brave boy and finished the race and lucked into a point. Uh, overall, it was a solid double points finish for Williams. Are they on the way back to the top? No. I mean, they're on the way back to the top, but it's going to take a while. <laughs> no, Dawn yeah. just went no. no, just a flat no. I've literally asked you guys that question before, like when I've covered Williams. Like, is any chance this go? No, no. I yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't see it being a thing, but at the same time, a few years ago, it felt like they would never scrape off the bottom of the, the standings, yeah. and now they've mm. they've managed to get up to like whatever they are, seventh or eighth or something, and it's just that in itself is quite miraculous. Have any of the really truly stellar teams, you know, like we've had Red Bull recently, and then before that we had Mercedes, and of course Williams had all their time. Have any of those teams ever come back and done it again? I, I feel Ferrari, like you, you get you get one. Yeah, I guess so. That was pretty but far. But they've been going for so long. But, but Ferrari in the eighties and the nineties were woeful, and then they kind of crept back with Schumacher. Yeah. Williams last won a championship, I think, in ninety six. But they were still winning races in the early two thousands. Yeah, but they, I, yeah. But um, but Red Bull, you it's could argue. Well, they went from like Vettel championships to. I mean, I suppose they didn't really go down that far. They were always like the third or fourth best team. Yeah. And now they're back at the top. I don't think anyone's been as low down as Williams has and come back. Because normally they go out of business. But then again... Right. Williams lost everything internally. So, you know... Is it even the same Williams team? I don't think it is. I think it's it's as it's as much as you know. Some of our other teams are still Force India. You know, it's it's not the same team anymore. It's just branding at this point. Yeah, I don't disagree. But I hope they do well, and I like Alexander. <laughs> Alpha Romeo. They both started twelfth and thirteenth, and both finished thirteenth and twelfth. Next. 
<sighs> Honestly, there was a moment oh, in the no, race. You actually want to where... say something? Oh, okay. <laughs> actually, no, I don't. I actually don't. Take that back. No, 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 go want, on. I don't no. Care. No, 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 it's fine. Go no, on. there was a moment in the race where I, there was a moment in the race where I saw an Alfa Romeo and I went, "What car's that?" That was all I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognize the car. That's amazing. I will give them credit that the their wine colored red is very pretty. Seeing it go Ooh, by, a wait, a minute, wait 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 a minute. This is the thing I haven't seen any Ooh. of these cars. So, in the flesh, which car mm-hmm. looks best? In not on Teddy, but in the real cold light of the Texan sun, which car? Well, yeah, there's. I mean, there's opinion. I really like the red of Alfa Romeo. I remember just noticing that and thinking that's just a really beautiful color. I would buy a car in that color. Um, the Ferrari red is kind of blah. I don't really like it. Um, I will have to begrudgingly, very begrudgingly, give Red Bull credit that um, they they put the stars and stripes, but because of the way they did it, it looks specifically like Circuit of the Americas, not necessarily the American flag. So Ooh. everybody local loved that because it, it looked like our track because we have the like, like my stuff, you know, it, they're done a certain way. And so that's oh. what it looks like on their car. Um, but what are yeah, for uh, Vegas then are they just going to have it in, on a big ball? That's what I was wondering because they were <laughs> they were implying that it was the American flag. Yeah. Um, and maybe if and you then, take the and Miami off, as well. You two are on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Miami, they do like Alpine colors because that's, you know, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But, yeah, I, I think the Alfa Romeo was really, really pretty. The Alpine colors are a bit tack. Okay. This is interesting. I've never given the the Alfa Romeo much, much uh, opinion. So I'm going to look more closely at the car next time. Yeah. Just look okay. at the back. The, uh, the, the Duracell one. Who's the Duracell one? That one looks. With- or in case I said that oh. word. That one looks absolutely <laughs> atrocious. It looks stupid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's got the Duracell, the Duracell battery bit. on the intake thing. Yeah. Yes, I know, I know that, that one. Oh, it looks so dumb. You look at that, Terry, and just go, that is brilliant. That's brilliant marketing, that is. I mean, it looks just like No, a I've heard it. It's funny you mention that because I've heard people talking about it all year, but I don't feel I've ever noticed it. And there was just one bit watching the qualifying where they were in the car in the pits, and I saw it properly for the first time. And I uh, it was just... Yeah. Feels like a good idea on paper. It was always very easy to see the Duracell one and know that at least that lap was done. Oh, <laughs> that's what I used it for. <laughs> still lap opposite of the Duracell. Oh, he's still going. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got about one minute till we got to get up here again. All right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Gunther Ooh, is the man. Did you? I, I, I was so happy. Gunther is the only one. None of the other drivers or anything. Nobody else said thank you to us or anything like that. Gunther came out to our tent with his little entourage and um, shook like 300 hands. Uh, really? Gave us a little bandana. Yeah, gave us little bandanas, gave us a little pep talk, said that, you know, we cannot race without you guys here. And uh-huh. was just absolutely stellar. Um, I got a picture with him. I got to meet him. I was, it was, I was absolutely just thrilled. And did you, did he, did you tell him about the t-shirt? Is that? I that did. It? And he looked at me oh like, what? Yeah, I showed him, I pulled it up on my phone on the shop, shop, shop. And I showed it to him. Well, not shop, shop, shop. You know how it goes, reverse. Anyway, and I showed it to him. And he was like, he looked, he's like, his eyes got kind of big. He's like, oh, 
Oh, hi! <laughs> so, wow! <you> yeah, <laughs> amazing. Wow. Oh, look at that. How does that feel, Terry? Yeah, it feels good. Well, I'm very yeah. proud, very happy. Okay. That's Although great. it does sound like he was on a bit of a recruitment drive, going in there giving everybody bandanas. <laughs> we need you yeah. <laughs> to fight. <laughs> Can any of you drive a car better than Kevin Magnuson? <laughs> Join. We were thinking it was more of don't report us for track violations. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't report the track violations, do you? It's not the, you. the guys that work with us do. We're we're on the, the interventionists, but the flag marshals are, are we're all together. So they're just a different kind of marshal. So yeah, the flag marshals were in that as well. Oh, do you reckon they're open to bribes? Because they're not getting paid, are you? So I'd if I no. was doing that, I'd be I'd be open with it if Hask brung me some money in a back pocket. Yeah, it does, those are some really highly important bandanas that they gave us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I haven't opened mine. Maybe it's got a $100 bill in there or something. Well, well, if, you, if it does, you can buy Gunther a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, the standings. So, we know that Max doesn't like to be spoken to in the breaking so where else don't the drivers like to be spoken so max in the breaking second place sergio perez doesn't like to be spoken to in the contract negotiation lewis hamilton doesn't like to be spoken to in the aftermath of a race fernando alonso doesn't like to be spoken about the future because there's not much left of it for him uh carlos Sainz doesn't like to be spoken about in the race strategy lando norris doesn't like to be spoken about in front of his teammate who's won a race uh charlotte Clerk doesn't want to be spoken to about wood <laughs> george russell doesn't want to be spoken to ever again because he's a uh, Oscar Piastri doesn't like being spoken to behind a bathroom door because he gets very angry. Um, Pierre Gassi doesn't like to be spoken to about his girlfriend. I'm doing that joke still. Lance Stroll doesn't want to be talked about while he's wanking because his wrists haven't healed properly. Esteban Ocon also about the girlfriend. Alexander Alba doesn't want to be talk- spoken to in front of his mum. Uh, Valtteri Bottas doesn't want to be spoken to again. Nico Hulkenberg while sucking his balls. Yuki Tsunoda doesn't want to be spoken to because he's too fast. Yo, Ganyu, I don't know who he is. I don't know anything about that man. <laughs> Kevin Magnuson, Balls, Liam Lawson, who? And Logan Sargent has scored a point, which means great. That's 20 fucking drivers that I've got to do each week for the standings. My life is hard <laughs> enough. And then for the construction, <laughs> I remembered that the... And I do I apologise in advance because I'm going to be using mainly very 80s British pop culture references here. But... There was a villain in the cartoon Super Ted called Texas Pete. <laughs> do you remember that one? I do remember Super Ted. I do, but I was a little bit too young for that, but my brother was a big Super Ted fan. But I know what you're talking about. Oh, All of our uh, bad guys are British, so it's fine. Okay, so yeah, I thought <laughs> if, the teams, if the teams were bad guys in mainly 80s British cartoons, who would they be? <laughs> This is great. So Red Bull would be Texas Pete. Mercedes would be General Blight, which was Banana Man, I think. Uh, oh, Ferrari right. would be Skeletor. That's He-Man. Yeah, McLaren yeah. would be No Heart, which was the bad Care Bear that didn't oh. Care Bear. <laughs> there was an evil oh. Care Bear. Oh. <laughs> it was called yeah. No Heart. Didn't oh, give God. a shit. <laughs> no Heart would just shit with the door open and just like <laughs> stare at you going, what? Oh, that's uh, Baron Silas von Greenback would be Aston Martin. Now, he was obviously the uh, villain in Danger Mouse. Obviously. So there you go. Yep. Alpine would be Roberto Rastapalupus, which was <laughs> the villain in Tintin. Williams' villain was Frank Williams for 
grinding the team into dust. Alfa Romeo is Mumra. <laughs> Haas is Mike Bat and all the concepts of rubbish, which is the enemy of the Wombles. And Alpha Tari is Finger Mouse. <laughs> Finger Mouse. I worry was about amazing. all of you now hearing these cartoons. And now, the man of the match of driving. Lando Norris. Lewis Hamilton. Lord Sir Lewis Hamilton. Ah. Yeah. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. (laughs) I couldn't resist. If you're under the age of 40, you might be forgiven for thinking that the three fundamental tenets of F1 are that each team must build its own car, drivers compete for a world championship, and every car must have a plank of wood bolted to the bottom of it. Well, believe it or not, the plank of wood doesn't date from some kind of Fanjo escapade when all the cars were made of wood, but 1994 and the death of Ayrton Senna. Some of the new measures brought in after that fateful San Marino Grand Prix were in an attempt to slow down the cars. They included putting chicanes fucking everywhere, the reduction in the size of front wing end plates and diffusers, and a giant plank of wood bolted to the bottom of the car. I was 14 at the time, and you do the maths, and even I, way before podcasts were a thing, thought it was silly that this high-tech sport was reduced to bolting a plank of wood to the bottom of the car, but it disrupted the airflow and slowed the car down. But obviously this was a temporary measure. It's now 2023, and Joe Biden is president, and F1 cars 29 iterations later are still mandated to have a, you guessed it, plank of wood bolted to the bottom of the fucking car. (laughs) Why? Nobody fucking knows. I can go years forgetting they're still there, because obviously it's stupid, and then every now and again, like this weekend, we're reminded that F1 cars have planks of wood bolted to the bottom of them, and everyone's just fine with that. Fucking wood? But don't worry, I have a solution. The solution is, take the fucking wood off the fucking car. It's stupid. Wait, I got this far in writing this before deciding to Google it, and it turns out it hasn't been wood since the 90s, and is instead a, quote, light, strong, and non-flammable fiberglass called permaglass. Permaglass? Somehow this has made me more angry. Permaglass that wears down? It's not very fucking permanent, is it? Jesus Christ, take it off the fucking car. And that's it from us. It's goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about Felipe Massa is genuinely contesting his 2008 non-championship win. And he's given the FAA like another week (laughs) to come up with the goods. So next (laughs) week, I'm sure we will talk about that because it's hilarious. And we'll be back next week for the Mexico Grand Prix in Mexico City in Mexico. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for f one sake and follow us on Twitter at for f one sake Terry, where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash shop shop shop. Thanks for listening. I've been Ollie Peart. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>